Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So being a speaker uh, is something I think that a lot of people look at and say, well, that would be cool to do but maybe aren't sure like how you, how you do that. You know, how do you get on a speaking circuit? And now to, to be sure there are plenty of people who would never want to do that. I think speaking is, is like right up there next to death in terms of the things that people are afraid of, but, but speaking can really be a great marketing tool, a great networking tool. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about how, how, how you become a speaker, what that even means, like the skill set you need to pull it off. And, our guest today is uh, Julie Lasso. Julie is owner of JHL Solutions, and that's a firm that helps retailers build stronger partnerships with their suppliers. And Julie is also a frequent speaker. Uh, so Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Jeremy, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. So, so you're, among many other things, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. And as I just mentioned, you're a speaker. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what kind of speaking do you do? What kinds of things do you speak about typically? So the kind of speaking that I do is it varies to meet the need. So I do use it as one of the core marketing tools uh, for my organization, which is how you and I got to talking about this. That, so I will do keynote speaking, which is a specific topic to an interested audience, hopefully rich with prospects and potential clients. Um, but I will also do more educational. Uh, conversations. So whether that's facilitating a course or a discussion on a certain topic. And then the other kinds of speaking I do are in support of broader conversations. So at, for example, an association's uh, annual meeting, I might uh, facilitate a panel conversation or a fireside chat and really help other people get their message out. So those are the, the three big ways that I show up on stages in front of people. But I'll also have conversations like this on podcasts, which I think are a lot of fun as well as other examples. Mm -hmm. How did you get into it? How did you get started being a speaker? Uh, I think the easiest thing to becoming a speaker is just having the mindset to say yes to speaking opportunities. So I, mm. I do enjoy speaking. I was in speech and debate all the way back in high school and college. So it's something I had fun doing in my corporate career before I launched my consulting career. I leaned into opportunities to present and share content, and it's a really great way to get your ideas across and, and build support for, for a vision, for a strategy, for a project. And that translated into more of a marketing angle once I launched my own business, like I said, six, seven years ago. Okay. So, so you had a background going back to high school mm -hmm. in, in doing public speaking, which I'm sure certainly helps, certainly doesn't hurt. And was, was in your professional life, was speaking something that kind of like the opportunity came about and you're like, oh, sure. Or is it something that you sought out? Uh, it's definitely a yes. And in, in the corporate space, okay. it was something that I would say yes to or I'd volunteer. And so I was getting those reps in. So thinking about just getting more comfortable every time you're on the stage, it, it gets easier to be able to think about how to stand in front of an audience and, and connect with them. When I moved into my consulting business and really thought more about how does speaking help build and grow my business, I definitely took a step back and thought about what are the ways that I need to up-level my interest and my current abilities in speaking and really turn that into something that can generate revenue and be true marketing. 
So I'm happy to talk about some of the books I read, but I also got some coaching in it to mm. really be able to show up in a more professional space. So I'd like to say I kind of went from semi-pro to pro when it comes to speaking. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about that because I think that's pretty interesting. So yeah, l- give us some kind of some of the details about how you went from semi-pro to pro coaching resources, that sort of thing. Yeah, happy to share. Well, my favorite resources are the team at Heroic Public Speaking, and that was co-founded by Michael and Amy Port, who are both trained as professional actors, and they really see speaking as more of a performance. And not in a disingenuous way, but just a way of thinking about connecting with an audience very, very meaningfully. And so I, there's some books that they have out, Steal the Show and Referable Speaker are two amazing books by Michael, but then they also do in-person coaching at, at in New Jersey, I think Lambertville, New Jersey. And they just do a phenomenal job bringing people in from all across the world, really, to this teeny tiny, beautiful, bucolic town. And uh, just really a community of, of people who support each other in their speaking journeys. And I've built some really amazing friendships through there as well. Oh, that's cool. So, so what are some of the techniques that you learn from them? Well, it all starts with content. So knowing who you're talking to and then really grounding yourself in service. What am I offering to them that is of value? And, and don't get me wrong, for people who generate revenue by speaking or people who are speaking as part of their marketing capabilities, like there is a, a reason why you're speaking and it may benefit more than just your audience. But if you don't connect with your audience, if you don't build meaningful content, it doesn't matter how good you are at speaking. It's, it's not going to help advance whatever your, your interests are. So it's always grounded in being really thoughtful on, on building out that content and connecting with it. And then learning the content is step number two, which I think is, is some cases what, what challenges some people. So it's just rehearsal. You script out the content to a certain level. It's not word for word. You're not memorizing it, but you really get to a point where, where you know it cold. You know who your audience is. You know what those messages are. And then once you know the content, then you start to layer in some more of those performance elements that uh, Michael and Amy really ground a lot of their, their instruction in. And so it, it's, there's variations in contrast in the type of content you're putting together. There's contrast in even your vocal patterns. So are you speaking with a level of enthusiasm and elevating your voice? Or are you trying to calm down the conversation and be more reassuring? So building some technique, again, all about engaging that audience. It's not only what you're saying, but how you're saying it. And then contrast in how you're you're moving through space. So we're on video. I don't know how much of your audience will go back and watch a video clip, but there's a small amount of space that even on a screen, you can create some, some visual differentiation between how you're communicating. So really thinking about all those elements. And then I would say just another foundational element that's something that I learned more in the transition to speaking as a revenue generator is some of the tech elements. So being thoughtful on what you wear, the microphones that you use, how you move about your space and, and things like that as well, just to really put a finishing touch on it. That can even be understanding how to interact with PowerPoint when you're presenting. You'll see a professional speaker works with PowerPoint very differently if they work with PowerPoint at all than someone who is more coming from the corporate space who is using PowerPoint to help communicate most of their message. A professional speaker will communicate their message. They will be the vessel and the, the PowerPoint will be really the, the second fiddle and not the, not the priority of the message. Yeah. Do you get nervous when you speak, like before you're about to go on? Do you get like feel butterflies or anything? 
Yes, but I wouldn't frame it as feeling nervous. How I think about it is I need a certain amount of energy when I step onto a, a stage or fill a screen to help engage with an audience. And I need to step into that energy and own it. But with practice, with knowing my content, with being in mastery of the the tech space, just like I, I shared, I, I really think about it then as almost like a roller coaster that I have every confidence that that roller coaster track is laid. And at that point, I'm just in the car and I'm navigating the process. I still will get excited. I'll still be just as thrilled when I go around the corner and up and down and take the audience on that journey with me. But I have every confidence in that track. And that helps me channel most of my energy into the audience and less worried about how am I going to sound or am I going to trip over that seam in the middle of the stage? Okay. And I, you know, I would imagine that it's the kind of thing, like with most things, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And so starting out, maybe you'll be a little bit more nervous. And then the 10th, 20th time you do it, you're just naturally less nervous because you, you know what to expect. Yeah. It's the one, two punch of getting in the prep and then also the reps. So you need both prep and reps Mm, and then you're setting yourself up to be excited. But I would say though, that the energy or that if you want to call it nervousness, you certainly can doesn't ever go away. And I wouldn't want it to, I I want to have Mm. that energy. If I felt just very blah, or I didn't feel any urgency when I get in front of an audience, I don't think I'd show up with the amount of enthusiasm that they really deserve. And so that's, that's something Mm. that I I wouldn't ever want to get so prepped and so locked down that I I wasn't excited about the conversation. Okay. Yeah. You know, that makes me think of like great athletes, you know, that, that still get like all worked up before a big game. Right. It's just like, that's how, like, they're just super competitive or like they need Mm -hmm. that in order to get to peak performance. Yeah. But there's absolutely a mindset piece of it though that you get your head yeah. in the right space so that you're generating and focusing that energy in a way that's really productive. So yeah, you're getting psyched up and, and that's going to look different for everyone, but it is, it's a performance element of, of marketing in a way that I don't get when I write an email or post on LinkedIn. <laughs> so it's, it, it's also a fun way to really be able to express what I'm excited about my business and the value that I offer my clients or potential clients. Yeah. And you know, in, in in a second, I want to talk about that kind of how you thread that needle between, you know, not just doing a sales pitch, like mm-hmm. giving a talk that's actually of, you know, real substance and value, but at the same time, still getting marketing value out of it. I want to get to that in a second, but before, just before I forget to ask, you know, you just mentioned that it's like, you know, this is, you do this in part because it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like you enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. And like, like I mentioned up top, you know, there's a lot of people for whom even the thought of public speaking is like, no way, you know, it is mm-hmm. really terrifying. And so there's, you know, some group of people who probably just would never do this. But for people who are, I don't know, who didn't do debate in high school, you know, but they, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, could I do it? What's your opinion? Do you think, is this the kind of thing that you kind of need to be naturally good at, like have some talent at, or can anyone who puts their mind to it, learn the techniques and become an effective speaker? Like what's your, there's probably no one answer to this, but what do you think? I definitely lean towards the latter that there is a latent ability in anyone to be an impactful speaker. But if you're asking yourself the question, if you're interested in getting your message out there, that's probably all you need to get started. And there's some people, to your point, that if you don't want 
to be good at speaking, if you don't want to get up on the stage, it doesn't matter how many books you read or how great your content is. That's probably just not going to be a great fit. So by all means, write or find some other ways to get your ideas out there. Excuse me. But when it comes to connecting with an audience and building that no like trust factor, being in video, being on stage is an amazing way to do that. So that's motivating to a lot of business owners. So then it just comes down to the how and how do you learn about those skills. And that's really what I loved about working with heroic public speaking is that they build out a process that you layer on your personality, you layer on your content and and your audience needs around this structure. And then it's a repeatable process that you're able to go back to. And the way that my brain is wired (laughs) is I find that incredibly reassuring. I like to learn new skills where I feel like I have the potential to improve my abilities. And speaking is a place where, yes, it's something that I've worked on for a long time. I've had exposure to it for a long time, but I wouldn't say I was a great speaker as a sixth grader. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It it has been something that I've been working on for a while. So I wouldn't say that I have a natural talent that is more impressive than than the average person's for sure. I just like it because I've worked hard at it. Right. Okay. Which is, I think, the reason most people do most of the things we do because we like it. You know, Lean into your whether yeah. you're naturally good at it or not, if you just kind of like it, you're willing to put in the work to get better at it. I think so. I think so. I mean, fortunately, yeah. I don't love basketball. So it, it, in my five, six, I'm never gonna be great at basketball, but it wasn't something I was destined to uh, be really passionate about. So I spend time doing other things. And I think speaking is kind of the same thing to the extent that yeah. if you're interested in it, you can build those skills. Um, there might be people out there who that are in a different league. I will say that, that you're just like, ah, that's just amazing. But there's, there's a lot that you can learn and teach yourself. But I think most people could get to that level uh, with some, some time and dedication. And I would say a, a passion for it. Yeah. So going back to what I was kind of teasing before, you're doing this as there's marketing value for you, right? Yes. But you can't just get up there and pitch your business, right? That's obviously no, not gosh, what people no. have, have come <laughs> for, right? So there's that kind of, it's a lot like content marketing in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe one way to think of it is speaking is a form of content marketing, like an oral form of content marketing. You're trying to, you know, offer value to your audience, but at the same time, tie it back to what you do so that there's, so that there is that marketing value. So like, how do you go about crafting a talk or a speech so that it, so that you're offering value and at the same time you're getting value in return? It comes down to grounding that value and what the, what the audience member is going to get something out of. Is it uh, a pain that I'm trying to solve for them? So a specific topic that I speak on is the circular economy. So it's the idea of zero waste and how do you build a more closed loop system when you're producing products or running stores? Well, if an organization is looking to improve their environmental approach or they're struggling moving their environmental strategies forward in a meaningful way, that's something that I think a lot of people are interested in learning more about. Now, whether they ultimately want to work with me to help address those problems, they still are interested in learning more about what are the solutions that are out there. And so I, I size my offer of value to what fits. If we're going to have a 30-minute podcast conversation or it's a 60-minute keynote, what can I put in that conversation that helps them understand that I know the problems that they're facing, that I see a solution and I can help break down and show where that solution can come to life for them and have an impact for them. Even if it's just in that 60 minutes, they might leave with three or four questions of follow-up. One of those questions might go to me and 
how might this, how might it look for us to work together? Cause they've now had some time and some exposure to how I approach a situation, what my priorities are, what I'd want to support or bring to life. Like, yep, that is, that is a vision that we would love to see to come life in our organization. Or they might not. They, they might yeah. just say, all right, circularity is important enough. I'm going to send this on to my team or, you know, I'm going to call that other person back whose emails in my inbox or my LinkedIn file who I want to help us with this, but it still might inspire action. And because the environment and circularity, especially in retail and consumer goods is important to me, that, that to me is a win. So I'm happy to, to get that conversation out there. That being said, in the world of recordings, I'm happy to also take videos and stills of that conversation and put them on LinkedIn. So it also translates into other marketing. So even if the quote unquote sale doesn't happen on the stage or stage side lead, uh, it can still be used to build additional marketing content, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I like speaking because you can do a lot with it. Not that yeah, I need to right. tell you that when it comes to how to use video effectively. <laughs> well, sure. But good point. Right. So, so it would seem then in, in every time you speak, you want to, as much as possible, have it recorded. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So where I can be in charge of that or in control of that, I'm happy to do that. To, whether that's bringing my own microphone, make sure that sounds great. Mm-hmm. It, what what my bio screen is or my speaker screen is behind me. I try to influence that where that makes sense. So yeah, so that it, it sets it up not only for our, an impactful conversation in the room, on the stage, in the real time, but then following up, how can it be the most impactful collateral that can be used in, in other marketing, whether it lives on my site or LinkedIn, wherever it ends up going after that. Yeah. You know, it seemed to me that one of the great advantages of speaking compared to other kinds of marketing you can do is that you can really like, if you do a good job, if you're a good speaker, you can like leave a real memory trace, you know, because it's happening live and people can Mm -hmm. see you like they're right there with Mm -hmm. you in person. You know, whether it's a few hundred people or even just like 20 people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Have you found that to be the case that like, again, it would seem like you can really make some individual one-to-one connections with people Mm -hmm. just by being right there in the room with them and kind of putting on a good show, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a bit of the performative aspect of it is I don't ever feel disingenuous, but I do think about what do I want to capture? What do I want to share? And if I'm, for example, facilitating or moderating a panel, it is absolutely my intention to put on a good show and help make the three or four people that are on stage next to me look really, really good and tell great stories. Uh, My favorite comment that I've ever gotten after I stepped off of stage is that someone come up and they were, I think it was one of their leaders that was part of the panel and they just really appreciated how that person was set up to have the conversation. And then he turned at me and he just kind of cocked his head and he said, gosh, this is not your first time doing this. I can just tell. But you know what? I could sit and listen to you ask people questions all day long. And I was like, that it was just a really fantastic way to say that I was helping bring out a great conversation in someone else. And you know, it wasn't about me and that wasn't the purpose of being on stage in that moment, but that I was setting someone or another a group in that case up to have a really impactful conversation as well. And that's that's rewarding in its own way. But it was yeah. clear that that was making a connection for someone. And you don't always hear that type of feedback. So I, I, I love that you asked that question because that was, that was a really special moment that I reflected on as a, a fun reason why I do this. I hadn't quite thought about mm-hmm. it in that way before. Yeah, well, that's quite a nice compliment to get, right? Some real validation. So now these days, to what percent, to what extent are you sort of invited to speak? And to what extent are you out there looking for opportunities like pitching yourself as a speaker? 
75% invitation and then 25% outreach. And some of that outreach is filling out calls for speakers, although I don't find that that's the most use, the best use of time. But I will often build that into uh, networking conversations. So Mm. like many entrepreneurs, I, I connect with a lot of different people for many different reasons. And not every conversation I have is with a potential client or a prospecting discussion, but it could be with network peers, association leaders, just really great people to know. And so often those conversations start to wrap up by both of us offering to help. What, what can we do? Are there LinkedIn contacts and whatnot? And so one of the things I now put out there as, a, as an offer and ask is if you know anyone who's trying to fill a stage or screen or a podcast, by all means, put me in contact with them. So I have a, a few different conversations that I really love to be able to share. So whether that's circular economy or negotiations or how to transition from corporate world to consulting world, I, those are conversations I love to have. And if people are looking to fill those screens and stages. I don't know how long your your podcast guest list is, but um, something that, that can be a really gift if you can make a connection or make an introduction to to come into someone's space and, and share perspectives. Yeah. Okay. So just letting people know that you're available. Letting people know. I've got it on LinkedIn yeah. too. So that that is how I get some inbound yeah, leads. Okay. Is that I, I put on my LinkedIn uh, headline. I think it's consultant speaker, aspiring mm-hmm. planet saver, something along those lines. So it's, it's really upfront about it. And then uh, on my website, I have a speaking section. So it, it shows mm. me in action, so whether that's spe- uh, speaking on my own or in a conversation like this one. But I also, I just I, I put it out there and that also helps generate some some interest as well. Yeah. So what about for people who are just starting out and they haven't had any experience with speaking, but they really want to get into it? You know, what would be your advice for, you know, and assuming people are not asking you to do it like out of the blue like how can you go about getting those first opportunities like what would be what are some good ways to try to do that definitely offering and putting it in your headline uh, wherever your headline is so on linkedin on your site etc and uh, think about what do you want to talk about what do you want to share what will be of value to whomever you hope your audiences are going to be and then just start talking about that the other thing that's an interesting, an interesting approach that is more in hindsight is that you take every opportunity to speak that you can get. So if you are at a networking event, make sure you're going up and talking to other people. If you are at some sort of lecture or speech and you're given the opportunity to ask questions, ask a question. So even just like these micro moments of mm. speaking and putting your thoughts together. And like I said, you might not even be sharing something, but you could be asking a question, which when you think about that, that is sharing something as well. Get more comfortable doing that. And you've got then moments of confidence that you're building up in yourself. You're being that person who is putting yourself on a stage um, of various sizes, certainly, but a stage is a stage. And then you're also putting yourself out there for other people to, to see you do that as well. So I remember asking questions in networking groups. That's something that was helpful. But back in my corporate career, I regularly would ask questions in those big 200, 300 person meetings. And that was one of those things. And I forgot about this until just now that it launched itself in my leader's mind at the time that I was comfortable sharing perspective, having a conversation on a larger stage, even though my stage was literally just my seat in front of me that, that she remembered that. And when it came time to have someone present our strategy or something else or our 
you know, a win or you know, whatever it was in front of the group. It, it was, I was someone that she came to to do that. So there's just different ways you can associate yourself with speaking to help kind of get that momentum going both in your yeah, own that, mind and in others. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's a great insight, right? Take those every little opportunity, those little micro moments, you never know that yeah. could lead to something. And, you know, I, it strikes me that maybe being a guest on podcasts is maybe being a, a guest good on way podcasts. To, to practice that, right? It's like a little, Absolutely. maybe it's sort of a baby step towards it because you're usually not doing it in front of a big audience. You know, it's just, you're talking with the host of the podcast. So it's a little less stressful, maybe like if you're new at it, but it could be good practice for, yeah, you know, speaking your mind, be kind of having the spotlight on you, even if it's just an interview with one person. Completely agree. I, part of my prep for this conversation today was we talked a little bit about the questions that you might ask. So I thought about those questions and who your audience was and what they might be interested in learning a little bit more about. And that's, that is step one to putting a speech together. That, so that's absolutely a transferable skill. And then the back and forth and the conversation that we're having right now, this is definitely a, uh, an exercise or an opportunity to practice facilitating or managing a panel conversation. Because we practice some questions, but you've certainly asked me several things that we didn't plan on because that's just where the conversation went. But right. I'm interested in why you're asking and, and what you might be hoping to learn. And you learn to kind of think on your feet or on your seat in this case, I am sitting down. But <laughs> you get the point that it's just, you just become more comfortable articulating what's in your mind. And the layer always comes back to what might someone learn from that. And the more you practice speaking with an intent to share or educate, the easier that becomes too. That just becomes a little bit more of second nature. Get out of your own head a little bit. So, you know, you mentioned before, and we talked a little bit about like, you do this because you enjoy it. You know, it has value for you and all that, but it's, but you like it. Like at the end of the day, what do you like about speaking? What's fun about it? I, uh, I was definitely that, that kid in grade school who loved to have the answer and have information. And then I also loved sharing that too. I didn't want to keep it to myself. And I find that speaking is a really fun way to share my perspective and have interesting conversations with people. So selfishly, I get to learn a lot by putting together content and having some great give and take, but also getting to be able to share and influence and, and have people want to move in a direction that I think is important, whether that's circularity or more thoughtful negotiations or building a consulting business. Like those are things that are all important to me. And if me sharing my perspective helps other people take their own steps, that's something I find really motivating. And I, I like being able to influence in that way. Okay. Well, this has been really great. I really enjoyed this conversation. And you know, I know that our listeners will as well. And if anyone wants to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, I, well, first of all, I've also enjoyed this conversation immensely. It's been a lot of fun talking about this. And I certainly made some connections that I hadn't made in in a while, if ever. So thank you for your thoughtful questions. Uh, and I'd be happy to connect. So easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. I know you'll have my name in the, uh, in the podcast header and footer, but it's Julie, J-U-L-I, Lasso, L-A-S-S-O-W. And I'm the only one on LinkedIn. So you can find me there and please feel free to reach out. I, I connect often. And if you want to go to my site, you can check out my speaker page if that's of interest to anyone who might be looking to put some pieces together. It's jhl-solutions.com. You can just look for the, the speaker header. And then I've got a speaking page as well as a speaking one pager. And those are both two kind of basic structures to, to think about as you're starting to put together your content. Fantastic. Well, we'll put links to all that good stuff in the show notes. 
And Julie, thank you again for such a fun conversation. Really enjoyed it. I did as well. Thanks so much, Jeremy. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's Conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.